The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Here we go. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. MMA UFC Columbus show starts now! <laughs> the energy. A little rusty. A little rusty. Hello, Rusty. But, uh, no, Rusty. I apologize. I, I apologize. I've been training. Casey, I hope that's what you were saying when you were getting hyped up before your fight. That was the song you should have came out to, but... Uh... We will check in with Casey in a little while because the UFC is back in the biggest small town in America. They are back in the Arch City, back in Columbus, Ohio for UFC Columbus going down tomorrow with the heavyweight division once again getting top billing as we welcome you to the live UFC Columbus preview show on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, joined by the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> you guys having a good time? <laughs> uh, wow, what a, what a start to the show. Let us welcome in the former, the now former BTL champion, Mr. Jed Mishu. How are you, my oh. friend? How are you uh, hanging on the day after uh, a devastating defeat? I was never the champion, so it's fine. Phoenix was always the champion. I said that from day one. Now Drake is the paper champ, and that's okay. He can be paper champ as long as he wants. All right, so let's get into this. And AK, I want to begin with you, my best friend, and I want uh-huh. to get into the gymnastics scale because oh, yeah. this card is flying so, so far under the radar. The main event is Curtis Blades versus Chris Dacus. We'll get into that in a minute, but top to bottom, there are some really good fights on this card. There are some high-stakes matchups. There are a lot of very competitive fights on paper, but we are coming off of an incredible UFC London card, which will be in the running for the event of the year. Then we're heading into a weekend off, and then we're heading into the most loaded pay-per-view card of the year to this point at UFC 273. So pretty darn good card, very little buzz. What's the gymnastic score? I mean, look, it can't, it can't be that high. But like you said, I, I do like a lot of the matchups in the card. I, I had mentioned this uh, amongst us that th- this has several fighters uh, that are in the MMAfighting.com global rankings, which is good, though Though quite a few are on the uh, prelims, which, I, which I'm not crazy about. Uh, uh, typical flyweight disrespect. Uh, and if you love flyweights, your, I mean, your rating for this card might be higher than mine, and I do love flyweights. Um, how high can we go? I, you know, I'll go solid eight. I'll go solid eight. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you can match the excitement of uh, UFC London. That had so many things going for it. I think the matchmaking was perfect. I think the way they they lined the card up was perfect. Um, and then, of course, just the and the way it played itself out. Uh, they, they gave the fighters a chance to create some special moments, and several did. 
Uh, this card, is, again, doesn't quite have that same element to it. Yes, you have the competitive fights. Yes, you have the name value. But it doesn't quite feel like there's as much on the line for everyone, uh, with the exception, of course, of a couple of names, specifically Askar Askarov and Kaikar France, who, I mean, could be fighting could be fighting for a UFC title in the near future and are the fourth fight down from the from the uh, the top of the card. So, again, it's a little this is this one doesn't hit the uh, what UFC London like kind of the card alignment. I don't know if they quite got that right. But as far as the names on, it's exciting. So I'll go eight, but I, I will go no higher, Mike. I'll go no higher. I'll go eight, and I agree that it's it's flying to the radar, um, but somewhat understandably so. Jed, it is a very solid card. It does lack that oomph, that that buzz for some reason, and it's it's a tough card placement wise between London and UFC 273. Like you have this great London card, the atmosphere is incredible. 273 on paper is just one of those wow cards, one of those can't miss events. And then here we have this Columbus card, which is again, top to bottom, pretty solid. Is this one that you'd recommend to your friends who want to watch MMA on a Saturday night? Are you saying, nah, watch college basketball instead? No, this is this is a definite pass. Um, I think it's a good card. Like if you like MMA, there's a lot on this card for you, but this is not how you bring new people into the fold, right? Like God love him. You don't want Curtis Blades to be the dude who's trying to sell MMA to a prospective fan. Like it's just not it. And the rest of the card is very good. Um, like I if this still had the Jan Blahovic, uh Alexander Rakic fight, we'd be getting a little closer to me saying, okay, maybe, maybe keep this on the alternate channel from the March Madness games going on. But I can't in good conscience tell people not to watch St. Peter's continue the run. Like that's that's just not me, Mike. I'm not gonna tell them to deny themselves the greatest Cinderella story of of, of our generation, possibly. Well, let's get into this main event, gentlemen. Curtis Blades, winner of five of his last six, taking on Chris Dawkins, also a winner of five of his last six. Four of those in his first four UFC fights. Lone losses during that stretch were via knockout by the KO King Derek Lewis for both guys. So, look, rankings-wise, on that by itself on an island, it's an important fight in this division, but poster-wise, marquee-wise, it's a fine fight, but I think it's pretty fair to say, AK, that this is a main event that doesn't set the world on fire. So your thoughts on the matchup between Blades and Dawkins from a competitive standpoint? I I don't know. I haven't looked at the odds. I really favor Blades here. Uh, I know that's the boring answer. I know I, I assume that's where the uh, the odds makers went with it. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you'll give us the, the lowdown on that in a bit. But um, I just, I, I like Chris Dawkins. Uh, my worry for him now is that Man, that Derek Lewis loss. I mean, anyone get knocked up by Derek Lewis? It's not like the worst thing in the world. But it was it was a great matchup for him to take at the time. Um, a very high reward, uh, high risk, but also high reward fight. This one is high, re- also high risk, high reward. But to take them like back to back, like now, if he loses this one, I don't know where that puts Chris Dawkins. So, so I am a little bit worried for him um, in that regard. But yeah, I, I just don't know if he has the wrestling to deal with Curtis Blades. Great grappler. A very good jujitsu that, that helps you a lot but i think as we know um uh, you know great effective controlling wrestling is, is very likely gonna gonna, gonna stop uh you know quality jujitsu uh, unless you're a fabrice or doom or somewhere on that level i don't know if chris Dawkins is quite there so um yeah i'm really heavily favoring uh heavily fra- favoring curtis blades i think he's gonna we're gonna see the usual just kind of a lot of t- steady data takedowns some ground and pound some control and uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm missing something with Chris Dawkins. If, if, if you guys have another uh, another you know view on that, I'm happy to hear it. But this feels like it has to be what a three to one, four to one, uh, or minus four hundred. I'd say uh, for for Blades, right? It's a little pretty higher. Close. We'll get to the, yeah. You're pretty close. It's a little higher. We'll we'll get Jed's thoughts on the lines in a moment. But X's and O's, no lines. Jed, just two guys getting in a cage and fighting. Do you like this one? No. I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, you're watching. I, I think Curtis Blades is one of the four best heavyweights in the world. So you're getting to watch like heavyweight is is a very interesting division in that there are like three tiers of heavyweights. There are actually good ones. There are everybody else, and then there's like that small wedge of ones who used to be good and are still wily enough to beat a lot of the other people, but 
can at some point just kind of get <clears throat> old Andre Arlovskied out of it, you know? Uh, and Curtis Blades is definitely one of the very good ones. And Chris Dargis is kind of just one of the other ones. Um, I think this should be pretty straightforward from a fight. You know, maybe it's a little more interesting if Dawkins, because Dawkins is a, is kind of somewhat mobile. Maybe he can keep a longer range and force Blades to box with him a little bit more. But eventually, Curtis Blades is gonna take him down, and he's just gonna smash his face in while he's on top of him. Jiu-jitsu isn't a thing uh, at heavyweight unless you're Frank Mir or Noguera 20 years ago. Now it's just, yeah, it just is what it is. So, AK, do we have a poll? Of course we have a poll. Uh, I didn't just one? do one. What is, you can only, sadly, on YouTube, you only do one at a time. Otherwise, believe me, I'd be there'd be polls everywhere. What is your level of excitement for UFC Columbus? Uh, at the top, Bart, uh, Bart Scott, can't wait. Uh, second, will watch nothing better to do, which is currently leading at 51%. And uh, there's a UFC card this weekend and is tied with worst card ever, both around 10, 11%. So, but uh, 50%, wow. 50%, 50% saying they'll check it out of, of our of our viewers anyway, saying they'll check it out for what that's worth. So, you know, it's not it's not like people are completely off on this whole on this whole card. I think there's, there's like I said, there's some appeal to it. It's definitely one for the hardcores. I, I know. I feel like we're gonna have so much more to say about several other fights in this card besides the main event. And by the way, I just want to say, I, I don't want to be negative. I don't think this is a bad main event. It, it's just, it's it's an event where both guys, I feel like, have a lot to lose and not a lot to gain. And that's 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 a hard sell. That's I think that's a hard sell for people. And also, um, as we kind of said before, with Curtis Blades, there are some, he's had some forgettable performances, you know, even when he wins. He's not the most crowd-pleasing. I'm being much more diplomatic with it than I think Jed was. He's, he's not the most crowd-pleasing fighter sometimes. Um, but... I get it. They're heavyweights. You want to put them top of the card. I think you could have gone with Kai Car France and Askar Askarov, which we'll talk about more later. Heavyweights are heavyweights. Fine. Yeah, it's sort of build on that. In case we talked about this on, on BTL, and Jed, we'll get to you. Don't you worry. Uh, usually with these main events, we want these big stakes, right? And, and both guys really need a win to stay relevant. That's clear. Blades certainly needs this more to stay in the big divisional conversation, but that conversation is a little foggy right now because. The heavyweight champion just had knee surgery. He's in the middle of a contract dispute with the UFC. So his status, even ever fighting in the UFC again, it's a question right now. It's a question mark. But Dana White has hope that this can be rectified. I think Ngannou will end up resigning. I think cooler heads will prevail. But you'd have to think the UFC is going to try to do something to at least get this division on the map. You'd have to think Stipe and John Jones are the guys that the UFC would try to slot in there first for an interim title to fight. Fight, excuse me. Should they go that way? But you also have guys like Cyril Gan. You get guys like Tai Tuivasa and Tommy Espinel. Tommy Espinel, who are both just on fire right now. A lot of excitement around both those guys. And it's Curtis Blades, like Jed said, top four heavyweight in the world, certainly in the discussion, but. I don't know, man. He just seems to always be a victim of poor timing when he has these opportunities. Again, seems clear Blades needs this more, but what does a win actually do for him, AK? Like, even if he goes out there and annihilates Chris Dawkins tomorrow, what will a win do for Curtis Blades outside of just holding his spot in line? Anything? I, I I can't imagine what unless he has some some super hype promo you know ready in the can uh, he doesn't strike me as someone who's going to do that I don't think he's going to look past Chris Dawkins because uh, again we've seen him uh, Curtis Blades unfortunately slip on the proverbial banana peel every now and then yes against a much higher ranked more veteran opposition than Chris Dawkins but again this is heavyweight you never know and Chris Dawkins has 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 some pretty good hands I mean again he's he's, he's won some fights with knockout yeah he's I'd say I still look at him primarily as a grappler but uh boy he's been happy to to throw uh, much to his detriment when it came to fighting Derek Lewis um but yeah no uh, for me this really is a, a a holding your spot holding court whatever you want to call it kind of fight for Curtis Blaze he just cannot afford to lose um, because in the long run, man, if he loses to, you know, he has the two losses to Nganu. So, like, he's already kind of a hard sell, you know, should whenever should Nganu come back, if he comes back to the UFC, it's a really hard sell to give him a third fight. Um, so he has to beat Dacus, and then he's probably still, like, two fights away. Um, he doesn't want to stay in that short list, like you said. It, you know, they're going to, at some point, have to book an interim title fight. We all think it's going to be John Jones Stipe. For whatever reason, uh, those guys aren't available. John Jones, not the most reliable name, uh, to put it nicely. We could get Blades, Stipe, a fight that he's wanted for a long time. But yes, he does. 
he does have to win to keep that. But um, as far as advancing him, is he, can he do anything tonight to advance him past John Jones or past DB in, uh, in the pecking order? I really can't imagine what that could be. So that's a, that's a hard no for me. Or past Ty or past Tommy Aspinall right now. I mean, that that's those are a lot of names to to surpass right now. But what were you going to say earlier, Jed? You had that look in your eye. Oh, it was just I'm just not sure. Like, I think this is probably the fight you have to put atop this card. I like, I think we'll all be in agreement. Kai Kara France, Askar Askarov is it's a better fight, you know, quote unquote, better fight, um, more entertaining, more engaging. This would be, if you swap these two fights, we get five rounds of that, which would be nice, as opposed to probably five rounds of Curtis Blades doing Curtis Blades things. Um, but I don't know. This probably is the best like promotional choice. I don't actually know. I was like, because that's the issue with the card. Like the Blahovich Rakic fight on top. Like that's it. That's the full stew. That's everything you need is come together. You got top to bottom good fights. You got a little bit of spice, a little bit of seasoning, a little bit of fun things going on with Brian Barberina and Matt Brown, kind of those stuff. You got mostly meat and potatoes with with a main dish. This one is this is all the the potatoes. This is this is just potatoes and corn from the Low Country Bowl. And I don't have any sausage. There's no shrimp. There's nothing that makes me go, ooh, this is where I want. Like it's just <laughs> all of it's fine. Yeah, it's still pretty good. It's just missing that. You know, look, that, I'll eat. Mm, an, I'll, I'll eat. Everybody's been to it. Well, I don't actually know if everybody's been to a low country boil, but you go to a low country boil, the shrimp and the the sausage, they obviously exit first. I'll still come back and eat the potatoes and the corn. You know, I'm still going to do that as I get hungry in the evening, but you want all of it to really be like, yeah, this was a thing. And it's <laughs> it's just not like Curtis Blades, any fight you wanted to swap, because there are other better fights on this card, but anything you put in the main event, it's just not going to wash down with that same sort of umph that that if that the Rakich Blavich fight would have had. And the UFC was trying. I mean, it was it was kind of a long shot, but they were trying to book Max Holloway versus Josh Emmett for the main event of this card. So yeah, that, that would have been, been that would have been pretty sweet. But it just didn't happen. It was, I mean, Ariel Hawani used the words "hail Mary" in describing trying to get that fight together, and I think that's probably the the right the right terminology Ooh. in terms of putting that fight up on this card. If this fight, like I get why it's happening when we don't need to talk about the fight, but Hamzat burns at 273 as like the feature bout. Great. We'll talk about that when the time comes. If that was the main event here, whoo, buddy, I would be all in on this fight night. Like this would be, this would be everything. I'd be like, hey guys, I don't care if St. Peter's is is doing the damn thing over on ESPN. Get on to ESPN Plus tune this on let's go like this would be the fight card yeah that's like that's like raises the gymnastic score to like a nine or a 9.5 if you if yeah. you had that fight on there like a whole yeah. point that's how like it's how big, fundamentally how big it sound it just doesn't have the flash that it needs to draw eyeballs in yeah hamzat's a guy you have to pay for now unfortunately but jed here's the betting lines ak as well curtis blades minus 450 according mm. to our friends at DraftKings. come back on chris mm-hmm. Dawkins, plus 340 Jed, to me, this line's, line seems uh, pretty perfect, but you're the MMA fighting, non-MMA hour gambling guru. You are the expert here. Is this line, is this line right? That's a very narrow window you place Mike. Uh, I think this line, I mean, sure. Uh, you could, I think the line could be higher. So like minus 450 means it's about an 80% chance for Blades to win and not, I would say he's 90 plus to win this fight. <laughs> um, so I think the line could be jacked up a little higher. I, outside of landing the best punch of his entire career, I don't see a path to victory for Chris Dawkins. So, I mean, that can always happen. You can never say never in this sport, but this seems very like in a straight kickboxing match, I wouldn't count Curtis blades out of that fight and we're not getting that fight. So I suspect that Chris Dawkins is going to lose. Um, and I think the line could be higher, but you know, minus 450 is fine. All right, AK, let's get to the picks. Can Curtis Blades extend this win streak to two fights when he really needs it? 
Or can Chris Dawkins play spoiler, get back on track and closer to the conversation at the top of this division? It's hard to say because I don't want to, I don't want to, I hate to, you know, one of the most overused words in uh, MMA, exposed. Oh, was this guy exposed? So, you know, they're, they're his first loss in the UFC, facing a top guy. Um, what was he exposed? I think, again, Derek Lewis has beaten so many people and knocked so many people out. Yeah, this looked bad for Dawkins. You know, I wish I wish it had it had been one of those fights where at least you know Dawkins maybe like took a round first before getting knocked out. You know that you know Derek Lewis has done that. He's given away rounds many times. You know, that wasn't the case when he fought Chris Dawkins. It just looked like he was on another level. Um, and and I think we would all agree that uh, Blades is around the Lewis level. Yeah, he's lost to him, but you know if they fought nine out of ten times, Blades would take some of those. Uh, God, I, I'm I'm sure, I'm trying to think of a way that Dawkins can win. Uh, besides this, yes, everything's yes, it's MMA, yes, it's heavyweights. Um, but boy, I, I my only the only thing I'm really trying to figure out also is decision or finish for Blades. I think Blades can finish this fight. Um, I don't think Dawkins' jujitsu is like so deadly that uh, that Blades has to be like super conservative. I think he's he's gonna wear him down. I think he's gonna make things very uncomfortable for for Chris Dawkins for a couple of rounds, and I think he um, finishes TKO ground and pound in round three. Jed, who you got here? I know you got blades, but how? I think round three is probably like I'm I'm in with with AK. Maybe round four. I have a lot of questions about Chris Dawkins. The first being like, shouldn't you probably just be a 205er? Like that feels like maybe you're supposed to just be a light heavyweight. Um, but then beyond that, it's just like he's most of his fights have lasted one round. He's not going to do that here. What's he look like when he is repeatedly grounded and beat down? Like it's, it's a really bad fight for him. And, you know, maybe he hangs on for a decision. I think that would be some level of a moral victory if we're being honest. But my guess is that Blades just keeps planting him and going to work. And five rounds is a long time to be under Curtis Blades. It can be done. Volkov did it, but it's, it's a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, it's clear – Chris Dawkins is being slept on big time here, but this is also an awful matchup for him. And to be clear, not just for him, but Curtis Blades is an awful matchup for a lot of guys in this division. Like if Curtis Blades were to fight Tai Tuivasa, I would heavily favor ah. Curtis Blades in that ah. fight. Easy. Like I would favor him in that fight. Like Ty can land the big shot be- and end the fight, but but Curtis would be a massive favorite in this fight. So it's not just Chris Dawkins. There's a lot of guys in this division where Curtis Blades is a horrible matchup for them. Right. So it's just a bit like it, my big question here is how will Curtis Blades approach this fight? Will he approach it like he did the Jarzinho fight and just take him down over and over and over again? You have this huge advantage. Do you want to use yes. it? I mean, Dacus is much, much, much better on the ground than Jarzinho. He is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Or will he approach it more like the Derek Lewis fight where maybe his ego gets the best of him? The. We've seen this in MMA time and time again. The oh, people think he's he's the better striker, or people think he has bigger power than me. I could do that. I could show you. I could prove everybody wrong, and then goes to that thing, and then ends up getting knocked out. So I tend to believe he will choose the former. Blaze is just so good with his entries. You know it's coming, but it's impossible to stop. I think Dawkins will be able to stay out of big time danger for a little while. But to your point, Jed, that pace, that strategy played against you especially from a guy like Curtis Blades. It's just so exhausting. It's just so demoralizing. So give me Curtis Blades to get the win. And I'm with both of you, third round TKO. But up until the finish, this may not be the the most thrilling fight we've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it it's just going to be that. It may not. Uh, right. Let me pull up the rest of the thing. Yeah, I mean, but Curtis will get his job done and wear him out. And listen, it's all about getting the win and the second paycheck. So... The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. 
only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Rest of the main card, we got Joanne Wood versus Alexa Grasso. That's a co-main event. Matt Brown, Brian Barbarina, featured bout at 170. You know that's going to be fun. Heavyweight division, we get Alexi Olenek, Alir Latifi. Main card opens with Mark Chikasey versus Vyacheslav Borshev. You know that's going to be fun. But the third main card bout is one I want to talk about. It's in the flyweight division between Askar Askarov and Kaikar friends. This will be a number one contenders fight. The winner will have to unfortunately wait a little while to fight for said title because all signs are pointing to Figueredo Moreno for sometime this summer. Askarov unbeaten in 15 fights. He does have the draw to Brandon Moreno. I thought he lost that fight, as did many other people, but he has bounced back with three straight wins. Does have a weight miss, but he was fine today. On the flip side, Car France has been on a tear. He's got a lot of momentum, and he's not just winning and putting on exciting fights. Now he's out there finishing guys. Two straight first-round knockouts of Rogerio Bontarin, and then the big one over Cody Garbrandt that got him a lot of attention. So this is a big one, AK, and this to me, this might be the most under-the-radar fight of 2022 to this point. Am I crazy for saying that out loud? No, not at all. I mean, look, it's flyweights. It's flyweights. Uh, again, they're not even they're not even the co-main event. So <laughs> if it's so if it's not, not even people, if, if it's if it's not flying, yeah. Uh, but other flyweights not- are in the co-main event, which is wild. This is true, right? You're going to put flyweights to come in. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, good for Joanne Wood and Alex Grasso. I wouldn't want to take that away from them. But, I mean, uh, you know, we're always arguing for some form of meritocracy here. It feels like Askarov and Kai Car France, that's where they should be. Uh, Askarov, of course, has, you know, ha- had all the arguments to be, have already been in a title fight. He did have the weight miss, so that hurt him. Also, he wasn't ready health-wise. Um, I think there's a strong chance he probably still would have gotten one of those title fights, if, but he just he wasn't prepared health-wise. So credit to him. And Kai Car France and the matchmakers for saying, let's stay busy. Let's not have let's none of us have done enough to just sit around and wait for a title shot. Um, yeah, KKF with the two, you know, back to back knockouts, awesome, huge statement victories, beating a former champion uh, in Garbrandt. But even I think even he would be like, you know, obviously if they gave me a title shot, it'd be great, but I don't think I'm in a position to sit around uh, and wait. I, I want to stay busy, I want to get paid. I want to knock off another contender. Um, so yeah, look, dangerous fight for both guys. Uh could could either of them have waited for for like a better opportunity? Maybe you know serve as a replacement for this tetralogy between um, uh, Moreno and Figueroa. Yeah, maybe, but that's a lot of again just just leaving things out of your own hands. And these are two guys who right now are in the prime of their careers. I, I don't think they want to risk that. Who knows? Maybe another fly uh, leaps over them. Manel Cop. Manel Cop gets a big win, and and you know he's an exciting fighter. He's got a big name. He jumps over both of them. So they they really can't afford you. Whoever wins this one. Anything can happen, sure. Bad, you know, <laughs> bad decision making can still be made, and, and they don't become the de facto number one contender. But at this, but if they, if they, whoever wins can can say safely, 
I've done everything I can to earn a title shot. Uh, now, now it really is out of my hands, but I've done everything I can. So super hyped for this fight. About as high level as flyweight gets outside of the top two guys who have been, you know, holding on to those those top two spots in the division. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm not even that bothered by the card placement. Like, like we kind of said before, like there's no real configuration of this card that would make it super exciting. It's it, it it's made of what it is. The ingredients are what they are, as Jed was saying. And that's great, and it's, and it's and and that's a great thing. But yeah, really, really for us, if all of us who are watching, who are planning to tune in anyway, uh, it doesn't really matter that much if Askarov and um, Askarov and uh, Car France are the second last, fourth last. It's all going to kind of blend together on Fight Night. I feel. I just look, I didn't realize the lines were the way that they are. Askarov, I, I figured would be favored. I didn't think he'd mm-hmm. be a minus four twenty five favorite. Four twenty five. That line yeah. moved a lot overnight. I mean, he was he was like minus four, minus three something, but that line must have moved. Yeah, plus three twenty to come back on KKF. Once again, Kai getting slept on here. He's getting overlooked, Jed. When uh, momentum can be so big in the sport, and he has a lot of it, and you can make to what AK's point that flyweight and anything can happen. You have to think that. If Kai Car France wins, it's pretty much a no-brainer. He's the number one contender. Askarov, I feel like, as good as he's been, and we don't use the the word "deserves" that often in MMA in in meritocracy, but you can make an argument that Askarov certainly deserves it. But you know, is he enough of a draw to put on a pay-per-view poster where you're like, "Oh, I gotta spend seventy-five bucks"? I think KKF has a better chance of doing that. But thoughts on this fight? Thoughts on the line? And can can Kai Car France spoil the party once again? I am in no way certain that a win here grants either man the next title shot. Just so we're clear, um, it would make sense, but for the fact that we're breaking new ground with the tetralogy. And there's a very good chance that Brandon Moreno wins that fourth fight. And if Moreno wins, they're just going to run five back. Like, that's just the thing that they're going to do. So, and they should, let's be clear, if Moreno wins, they should just run a fifth fight back. And so, sure, theoretically, the winner of this bout will be next in line, but they could be waiting like a year and a half. Like, I think I would... I don't know what the betting line would be. I would put my money on the winner of this fight fights again before getting a title bout. Like, I just think that that's sort of, that's the, the Pandora's box you open when you're willing to go into a tetralogy fight. I think as it stands though, it's a really good fight. Um, You know, it's, it's interesting. I think the line's probably a little bit off. Like, KKF should probably be getting a little bit more respect, but at the same time, when I watch tape on this, I get why it's not. Like, KKF France has been really impressive in this little run and obviously just knocked out Cody Garbrandt, but there's a really strong chance that Cody Garbrandt's just actually not very good at fighting and caught lightning in a bottle that one time, which was dope. Good for him. He became a champion. You never lose being a champion. But there are explanations for his current run. Whereas Asker Askarov, I agree. I thought he lost to Brandon Moreno, but the rest of the people he has beaten, granted, they have been some competitive close fights. Pantoja, you know, like those, those were good fights, but he is very, very sound, like fundamentally sound, good fighter. And he's been hit by athletic strikers before and, you know, survived through. So it is a bit like realistically the way for Kai Kai France to win is to knock out Askar Askarov. He's probably not winning the decision. He's not that good a grappler off his back. He's a little squirrely, but Askarov is actually pretty good at maintaining top position. So if Askarov can get takedowns, France going to lose. If he can avoid takedowns, then Kai Kai France is, has an opportunity to land the big shot and, and get the finish. But Askarov is really tough. So I think the line should maybe be a little closer to even, but it makes sense to me why it's not, I guess. Yeah. Like we want to throw minus 275, minus 300. I I I think that sounds minus about right. Minus 300 feels correct to me. Minus yeah. 450 is is a bit gassed up. Agreed. That is a great fight. We get a lot of great fights on this card. Low key banger. We start with UAK. What's the low key banger on this card? Man, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, I could go to the bantam weights. Well, can I pick a fight that's not? And there's a, a, couple, a lot of good ones. Can I go with? Uh, I'll let Jen have the real, like as far as competitive, you know, like fight of the night candidate. Can I go with Ooh. the one that I think the fight that I think 
the outcome, I should say, that we'll remember the most outside of whatever, you know, if a couple of the main card fights. Is that, is that a, Mike, is that okay? Can I do that? Yeah, do whatever you want. Okay. Whatever your definition is, that's I, what we're no, going I want your, I want permit, you, you know, we're best friends. Everyone knows that. I don't like to take advantage of that at, at the workplace anyway. Uh, but okay. I love that you're I, trying to softball me the good fight. Have you looked at this card? I'm not taking the good fight, man. I know we all know the fight I'm saying. So you can take the good fight if you want it. I and I can't believe my guy Scott McCrate is not in the comments. This is his time. It's not in the YouTube. I just like Scott, if you're out there, shout out, please. Menofiro fan number one. He is I the number one Menofiro fan. Constant. I, I God bless him. I love this guy. Uh, I think she is going to knock out Jennifer Maya. And I think she is, I've been like, and and listen, people know me. I'm the most like moderate when it comes to predicting like, oh, people making that leap. I'm always like, eh, yeah, if they do this, if they do that and eh, bring them along slowly, maybe after this fight. I I think she got a stroke of luck uh, getting this, this, um, this Jennifer Maya fight. Jennifer Maya is, is hittable. She's a very good fighter, but she is hittable. I don't know if uh, Firo is someone that she wants to be hit by. Uh, you don't want to be hit by anyone in the UFC, but I think I think Manon is like legitimately. Uh, I think her knockout power is very real. I think uh, Maya taking this fight is again so low reward for her. Yes, it's kind of cool to be able to like snuff out a you know an up and coming contender, um, you know, so she can have that. But really, Manon can gain so much from from finishing her. So I think. I think she's going to have us talking early uh, on the card with that knockout. And I think that's one storyline that when the night's over, we'll kind of be like, man, uh, she kind of stole the show. She was maybe one of the, one of the three stars of the show. Um, if you want a few things through that lens. So that for me is my, my banger. not just because I think it'll be a great fight, but I think it'll be entertaining for as long as it lasts. Um, but I think, uh, Fiora is going to put her away with strikes first or second round. Damn. I'm going for it. I love that. Love that energy. That's Put, up poll, Put up a poll, Loki banger. <laughs> oh, Loki banger poll. All right. Come Go, on. Jed. Look, one, just so it should be noted, I didn't realize this until you guys were talking about earlier. There are four flyweight fights on this card. No mm-hmm. wonder this card is buried and no one's going to watch it. <laughs> four flyweight fights is a lot yep. of flyweight fights for one particular fight card. Um, all featuring ranked fighters. All featuring ranked fighters. All of them, all of them like good high end fights. Yeah. Realistically. Uh, Mike, I'm going to leave you the good fight of the card, the Nikolaou uh, Dvorak fight, which is obviously arguably the best fight in the entire card because the Loki banger is, is, it's what it always is, guys. We have 45-year-old Alexi Olenek who is still coming out here and scrapping. <laughs> he is close to a geriatric. That man is going to have a retirement card soon, and yet he is still fighting on UFC main cards, fighting Lear Latifi, the people's champion. This man, a, a blown-up light heavyweight, who we all remember when Lear was like the internet's favorite for a hot two years, him and the horse and everything going on there. He's great. This is the best fight on the card for two reasons. One, they're heavyweights. They both have about six minutes of cardio. If this doesn't end soon, it's going to be hilarious. And two, <laughs> we're going to answer the question, guys. We're going to answer the immortal question of, of what do you do when an unstoppable force and an immovable object collide? Because Alexei Olenek is the foremost Ezekiel choke choker man in all of MMA. And Alir Latifi does not have a neck. So how do you choke a man without a neck? It can't be done, but if a man can do it, it's Alexi Olenek. I am here for this fight. <laughs> I, the only thing is, I, 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 maybe I missed it. Did you mention at all that, that he's, still, he's, he's still going for number 60, Jed? He's still oh, going, is he? this is, he's, still, he's been on the no hunt for number 60. Yeah, for a little bit. He's on 50. 50- Nine professional MMA wins. I, a little inside baseball here. I shouldn't spoil it because I mean, when we see it, it when it happens, it'll be glorious. Uh, hopefully, it does. Is our, our own Jose Young has a created a Alex Alex Alexi Olenek sixty MMA wins uh, graphic quite some time ago, and it has been sitting in storage collecting dust. It is waiting to fire. <laughs> we are just waiting. We Don't just say. need Olenek to get that win. So, so very well, exciting. He We're hoping. Wow. He Look, hasn't. It's if been he a, comes yeah. out. And Ezekiel chokes Alir Latifi, who doesn't own a neck. It will be the most pristine way for him possibly to get to 60 wins. And he should immediately retire, just immediately lay his gloves and walk off into the sunset. The hero that he is.
we are approaching uh, almost two years without an Olenek win. He's fought three times since his last win, and it's not. And it's May, May 2020. Split decision win over Verdum. In one of the weirdest fights that's ever happened. That was a strong yeah. one. Definitely was. Um, Dvorak Nikolaou is a great fight. I'm going to okay, go a different awesome. direction. I am going to the Bantamweight division. Denah Bakary oh, versus uh, Chris uh, Gutierrez. Awesome. This is a sick fight. Awesome. Really good fight. I was super looking forward to the Bakary Montel Jackson fight. I mean, that one, I my eyes opened wide when we confirmed that one. I was so excited. Jackson out, but Gutierrez is a great replacement. Chris is on a roll. Bakary is on a roll. This is probably a bantamweight matchup between two of the most underrated bantamweights on the roster right now. I mean, I think that's a that's a pretty fair thing to say. I'm going with that one. No one's talking about it, and I think it's a really, really good fight, and it's a big one. Getting into the top 15 at 135 is very difficult to do, and only one of these guys will probably have ever have the chance to get there because the division's so loaded, and this is the opportunity for one of these guys to make that leap. I don't know if they'll – they probably won't get into the top 15 with the win here, but at least they'll be eligible, and they'll probably move up to like – you know, bottom half of the top 20. So, or yeah, like low twenties. So that's a great fight. Very competitive. Both guys can strike. Both guys can bang. Love it. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. There's, there's other divisions where those guys would already be ranked. Uh, Chris Gutierrez and like five straight undefeated There's a draw in there, but undefeated in his last five and uh Bakary three first round knockouts. Like if this, if this was a heavyweight, He'd be in the top 10 right now. So it's unfortunate that, uh, yeah, Gutierrez and, and uh, Tana both, like, again, just again, one of the deepest divisions in all of MMA. Uh, that's a great, great fight. This is, this is a good card. It is. This is a good card, top to bottom. This is a good card. Yeah, Tana Bakari was in the heavyweight division. He'd be fighting Curtis Blades tomorrow. So there <laughs> exactly. you go. Exactly. Man, that's an image. <laughs> Curtis Blades just one hand smashing back. <laughs> All right, let's go to the peeps. We got we got a few the ceremonial weigh-ins. You can watch on MMAfighting.com at 4 p.m. Eastern. So shout out oh, Damon wow. Martin. Damon Martin has been and on, the, on way, the scene. Yes, Damon Martin on the scene, but look who's on the scene in the bottom right hand corner. Oh my god. Undefeated, Undefeated MMA fighter, inspiring media members everywhere. In fact, the Alta training has opened up an MMA media scholarship. Gosh. Yep. Yes, sir. Because of this man right here. Yes, going man. out there and, and getting the job done. This man is going to get some media. ladies and gentlemen. Listen, this man is going to get some media members. He is going to get some media members killed. This man right here is going to get some media <laughs> members killed. When when Ant Walker, when Ant Walker is taken out on a stretcher, you remember, you remember whose fault it is. You remember who's, who to blame. <laughs> I bl- I'm sorry. I blame, Dan, I blame Dan Cormier. I blame Dan Cormier. He got me. I, he got I me. Not, I just saw Ant tweet about it earlier. Ant, I, yeah. I love you. I'm, I, I'm not calling you out. <laughs> I'm sure you do great. I'm sure you do great if you choose to do this. I, I, I yeah, have. I like um, Ant could do quite well. Yeah. Ant's come over here and I have beaten him up in, in my dojo. So um, <laughs> I, can, I can, I can, I can help him. I can guide him. I'll be his mentor. Wow. <laughs> Yes, and if you haven't watched it yet, the video, the final video of the Walking the Walk series is now live on this here channel. Highly recommend you go watch it behind the scenes of Casey's fight. And there's a moment afterwards where Casey finally locates Esther Lynn, the iconic voice. And I will uh I will admit, I got a little uh I got a little watery eyed. I, I did. I definitely did. That was the mo I DM'd Casey right away. I was like, holy moly, man. Damn it got me all got me all weepy what a moment that was so highly recommend to go watch it's an emotional roller coaster it's tremendous stuff thank you thank you all right now back 30, to 24. uh 30, 24. <laughs> you know i i did I, I did edit the piece and i was re-watching the fight and from an unbiased perspective I, a 10-8 round would have been nice just one but i'm just saying all right or three or three of them <laughs> not gonna be greedy i'm not gonna be greedy all right here we go let's talk about these um ufc fighters now there's Scott there McCray. There it is. <laughs> I knew he was there. There it is. There we go. Um, Bart Scott McCray? <laughs> Scott, Scott, that uh, robbery review of uh, Menel Firo and uh, uh, Liam McCourt is not coming, by the way. I'm just letting you know it's not coming. <laughs> it's not coming. <laughs> He's always has to. David Tennant, his blades ever cut a decent promo? Uh, 
Is he no. bad? Is he? He's not particularly bad, though, right? He's just he doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a problem. He extremely is just like, I know that you don't like this. <laughs> I don't care. I keep winning. <laughs> like he has told me that point blank at, at least two different occasions. He's real. Like, yeah, it was just like a, like a hundred percent. Like I know that fans don't love this. I do not care. I am winning. Yep. Respect yep. the hell out of it, honestly. But he's Agreed. not. That's not what he's in this for. He's not trying to cut promos. He just wants to be yeah. the best fighter. Can be. I don't think there's a promo he can cut that will change his like put him in a title fight next. Unfortunately, but yeah. Um, I don't know if he like Karate Kid crane kicks Chris Dawkins and then calls out. I don't know. I'm still no. Still that would, no. Yeah, that would that would include a promo. So yeah, like if Stipe yeah, if Stipe sitting. Row and Blades does the crane kick and then jumps out of the cage and like slaps Stipe in the face. <laughs> you, might, you might get it then. Uh, is any fighter making their UFC debut tomorrow? Uh, yeah, we got a few. Question. We got a few. Kizria Dennis, from the uh, Contender Series. Yeah, oh, yeah, Kizria. that's right. He's finally. Yeah, he's finally. had, yeah, he's <laughs> had like five fights on the books already. Yeah. He, he was booked three times in 2021. They all fell through three times. And he's fighting Dennis Tolulin, who yes. is also making his UFC debut. Yes. So he'll be replacing. Good on him. Uh, I, I, I hate that I can't pronounce his full name properly. Uh, uh, Abe, Abe Megamedov, I think I call him. Uh, Abe or Abu, Abu Megamedov, uh, who I think was also making his debut. And uh, so he's, uh, yes, he will not be, uh, he won't be. But yeah, is that it? Is that the one fight? With I believe that is it. Yeah, Bruno Man, Souza debuted. Yeah, Saldana debuted. Yeah. Kizra yeah, went from it. Wellington Terman to Kyle Dawkins to uh-huh. Alessio Dutirko to yep. Abe Megamedov down to Dennis Tulin. That Correct. is a that's a downward slide of competitive hey, level. He just wants to get in there now. Fingers crossed. Again, it's there's still a lot that can happen between now and Saturday night. He just wants to get in there. He doesn't care who he's fighting. You know. It's fair. Yep. All right. Um, Joseph Moses, should Stipe really be in the interim oh, title hey. picture? We haven't seen him since <laughs> Ngannou won the title. <laughs> well, you know, we know how Jed feels. Say, Stipe Jed, what forty-eight you about? fights in a row, and he still wouldn't be in Jed's interim title picture, but. Yeah, I hey, mean, he lost uh, it. He had the title for he he held the title longer than anybody in the history of this division. If this is any other division. Stipe would have got an immediate rematch, and yeah, he should be in the put. Like Stipe versus John Jones is the biggest fight you can make without Ngannou in the picture right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I, that, that's the biggest fight you can make. Sure, in that very <laughs> specific scenario, I allow it. How many wins does Stipe currently have over current ranked heavyweights in the UFC rankings or in ours? It's in ours. It's two because I think we still have Overeem ranked, and he has the one in one with Ngannou. He has none over UFC ranked heavyweights. I'm not wow. here to say that he hasn't accomplished a lot in the sport. He obviously has, but he spent three years fighting Daniel Cormier, who is retired, and also had one relevant UFC heavyweight win, the knockout of Stipe, he needs to fight somebody. Like, I feel like I am the only person who can, but it drives me crazy that he is going (laughs) to sit and wait. I'm like, dude, you haven't beaten anybody that is currently ranked. You might well, but, like, I think Blades runs him. Uh, I would all, like, just have him fight Derek Lewis. He will beat Derek Lewis, and then he will at least have a, a... thing to hang a hat on this is it just kills me that we are all about steeping he hasn't beaten anybody relevant in like seven years but you know what's interesting him sitting him sitting on and waiting like might actually prove out to be the right decision oh it's definitely right for him it's good for him in the end but it it worked out for him during the cormier trilogy he he didn't want to fight anyone during the cormier trilogy and he got the he got the uh, the trilogy the cormier fight right he's either gonna fight it shouldn't have worked out for him which is infuriating Tua Mm -hmm. wants to fight him go fight Tua. You will rinse Tua. It will be very easy work. And then bulletproof, number one with the bullet, give that man a title fight. Like, I just, yeah. I don't feel like that's asking a lot to ask him to actually beat a relevant heavyweight in in the past five years. Yeah, the day made a lot of sense about a year ago. It still make, could make sense now. And if they can't do Stipe versus Jones, like I said many, many times, Ty Tuivasa, in my opinion, should be the next man up because you may not get another shot to put him in the title fight. So just bounce him up there. He could fight Stipe, gets the fight he wants, gets a title fight, gets a 
a bag, as Jed Bichu likes to say quite often. That's that's it's the way bag. you go. How that's long has it been go. since Stipe fought? A year. Since the, the Nganu fight um, is it, is, last Is it March. over a year? Last March. March. Was a year uh, so coming up on a year. I think we're... Uh, it we're is over a year, year Sunday. It's over a year, year Sunday. It's March 27th. So it'll be How a year, year, a year So Sunday. it's a year tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's tomorrow. the 26th, so it's a year on Sunday. Oh, you're right. Golly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, there, right. There's a follow-up question. I don't know if you saw that, Casey, from Kat asking, uh, Alexander Romanov is undefeated. Why doesn't, yeah. UFC, why doesn't UFC promote him? He could fight Miocic and Nganu. Uh, I don't know if you'd want to throw him in with either of those guys right now. Uh, he, he's super talented, obviously. He's really fun to watch. Like, he's a fun kind of crowd. You know, sometimes there's... This is so mean to Curtis. We're, we're really running... We're really, like, dragging Curtis' plays. He's, fight. There's Curtis, he is, he's there's fighting. Curtis. He's got a fight on the books. <laughs> he doesn't have a fight. No, no, but that, like, they're, they're saying, why doesn't he promote Why isn't he promoted more? And, I, and I'm just going to... And, like, there's Curtis Blaze type of grapplers who and you know they're not that fun to watch and there's ramon auto grapplers who are super fun to watch this guy's like this is range of suplex people um so yeah but he's very smart he's just doing the right thing he he just jumped in as uh mike was going to say to take the, the tanner bozer fight um but again these names on his resume should he win that fight i mean he'll be a pretty heavy favorite probably at least three to one yeah he'll be five and oh but it'll be against guys rock rock game Martin- i love rock martino and dudes like that uh, like yeah i love rock martinez uh, that and the one spin off fight was just hilarious. So, uh, Jared Vandera, it's not his fault, it's not his fault. He's just it hasn't been given the kind of names to elevate him yet. I think if he beats Tanner Bozer, we're definitely going to see him get a top 10 guy. Uh, if he doesn't get a top 10 guy at that point, it's a screw up on his manager's part, the UFC's part. He does have all the makings of a guy that I think will fight for a UFC title someday. Oh, Mike is shaking his head. Mike, are you not on the Romanov train? I am no, I'm certainly on the Romanov train, and I would love to see him fight a top ten guy, but he's not going to because who in the blue hell in the top ten is going to be like, yeah, I'll fight that guy because it's going to be Curtis very difficult. Plays. He's going to be in the Mar- Curtis Blades yeah. if he loses. Curtis if Curtis Blades loses to Chris Dawkins, he would fight Romanov. Oh, he's not going to have a choice, unfortunately. <laughs> or wins, yeah. I was thinking wins. Like either. Curtis just has to wins. fight a bunch of people forever now. Oh, that's yeah. Tough. I mean, that's a night nice, that 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 would actually be pretty interesting. Romanov's really good. I think the Espino fight was kind of interesting because we saw him get get pretty tired in that fight, mm-hmm. and I think the Bozer fight's a pretty good matchup for him, especially if he could keep it off the feet and he could he could throw and sling a little bit himself. So that'll be fun. But we'll see if what happens. Beat, I mean, if he beats Bozer, uh, will you guys finally put him in your rankings? Because I have him above Chris Dawkins in my rankings. I had him. He was he was in my rankings for a little while. Was he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened yet. I don't know if I have him in my. I have to look, have to look at that. No, I, I believe I'm the only one that has him in their rankings. Oh no, Stephen does. Look at Stephen. Way to go. <laughs> he has been. In, I know. I've I've had him in there before. I just don't I want, remember one. It's been a while. I wanted to bring this up. It's not a question. It's more just a question for me. But you know, we see the path to victory for Blades. You see a lot of top control, grinding it out type stuff. But what do we see in Chris Dawkins' game that suggests that that's going to happen to him? Has he been grinded out before in fights that we've seen? Uh, it's uh, are, are we just assuming Chris Dawkins isn't just can't just has on? Well, I guess Abdur Hakim was a pretty good wrestler, but not the same kind of as. Uh, it's very different, yeah. As Blades. Olenek is a good grappler, but, I mean, there's just a huge age and athleticism gap there. Yeah, I just don't think he's fought anyone like Blades. I think that's that's the issue. So it's, it's just, there is a bit of a mystery it, with, as far as dogs yeah, on the sure. back. It is entirely a in support of Blades and his abilities and not yes. a, I've watched – I mean, also, like – I don't think Chris Darkus is that nimble of foot. I, he's giving up 20 pounds to a guy who's very good at wrestling. That seems not good for him in these things. Like, I just think there's, but no, being, like being, we haven't being seen a small heavyweight. Tackle. Just being, yeah. being, a, being small. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. I think we I just more, I just kind of wondered if I missed a fight kind of, we're just kind of going by more. It's more of a Curtis blades thing than a Chris Dawkins. I thing. think he's yeah, defended like so. one takedown in the UFC. So okay. we haven't seen like it happen a lot. Yeah, I mean he's I mean, he's he's good off. He's been taken down. He's just he's 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 pretty good off his back. Like he's pretty good at at uh, you know missing out on a lot of a lot of damage. But it's just a twenty five minute fight, and Curtis Blades can do that all day long. So I mean it's a mis- It is a mystery. You you're absolutely correct. It's it's mystery versus history here, and Blades is a tough matchup for almost everybody in this division. It's just it's a tough sell, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Did, okay, I'll move on. Um, let's talk about, I don't think we've mentioned this gentleman at all. These two gentlemen, really. We have That's, not. yeah. It's a very it's good, good fight. How is Neil Magny not on the main card? Oh, you know, you know, prelim. I, I get it. Prelim headliner. Okay, that's that's a very deliberate. Pre, that's a very. De- oh, I mean, that's a very deliberate prelim headliner. For that's not like night. for a fight night, though. Yeah, like I mean, I, I would. I mean, I would put him and and uh, obviously I would put him in the opener instead of Jacuzzi and Borshov. But if you're the UFC, you don't see Jacuzzi and Borshov as a preliminary ESPN Plus slash ESPN headliner. I don't know. No, I, I, yeah. Look, I always want ranked guys to be up there, but I, I get the thinking here. Jacuzzi Borshov yeah. shouldn't be on the main card. It's the only one that's like pretty bad to be on the main card. You could have a number of prelim headliners. Like, frankly, it is incredibly disrespectful to Nikolaou Dvorak that they're the second <laughs> from the bottom. They Man. are two. I think the UFC has them as top 10 flyweights, both of them. And they are in like the least remembering, like rememberable position. So. You could have done a lot yeah. with the prelim main. This fight should uh, be on the main over Chikese, Borshev. Chikese and Borshev is kind of the, the the Mike. You always say like if they they're, they're hoping for a knockout, they're hoping one guy knocks the other yeah, out. Exactly. Um, that's why this yeah, is a, that's, this, that's, that's why the, this card is the that first kind of one. opener. They, yeah, they that do opener. that do that with Kizriev. Like put the new hotness on there. Yeah, there's other that's options. The Isn't go with. It's a middleweight fight though, right? You never know. You can't trust middleweights, Jed. You know that. You can't trust them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, Jacasey can bang. It's going to be fun. Like for as long as that fight lasts, both guys are going to land big shots. It's it's going to be a fun fight. It's it might get a little sloppy. Real world where Jacasey's just like, oh, this dude can't wrestle, and I can. I'm just going to sit on it. I think he gets dinged up a bit on the feet early, and is like, I'm just going to tackle him. Alpha male guy. He's He's not a male guy. He can get up. Yeah, but he can get up. Okay. If, right uh, if Magny wins, by the way, this is how crazy this is. It's kind of buried. If he wins, he will make history. He will make UFC history. He will tie GSP for the most wins right. by a welterweight in UFC history. And that might happen on the prelim headliner. So it is, it is strange. He's and then he'll cut a, to make that happen. And then he'll cut a tremendous promo calling out Hamzat Shemaev. And then that fight will still not be made. Of course, so, obviously. Yeah. I'd respect him, though, because nobody is. 100%. That 100%. No, and he should. He Magny should call out Hamza every day for the rest of his life. He He'll always have problems. that. I've been saying that since day one. I think the fact that the UFC put Magny so low on the card just shows you how that Hamza fight would never happen. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. He's Even like, though I, wa- I wanted to see that fight, that fight actually, to me, made a lot more sense. I mean, the Gilbert oh, yeah. Burns fight is obviously awesome. Is it cool? But uh, yeah. at the time, Magny, she might have made the most sense. And I still don't understand. Yeah. And poor, poor no Magny. It did not make the most sense. Which one? <laughs> because because Neil Magny is like a tough out, and if you lose him, that sucks. Oh well, like, well, well, you're trying like, to springboard Hamzat into a title fight. You probably can't get him one. Okay, well, Magny I guess from a promotional standpoint, it didn't make sense. But from a competitive standpoint, I, oh, I liked it's it. Oh, tremendous competitive fight. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. We're talking two different points of view, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. One hundred percent. Neil Magny's just like better Kevin Lee. <laughs> Kevin Lee called the fight Habib a billion wow. times and never got it because he <laughs> could never do it. Neil Magny didn't get it because he was an actual problem. Like, <laughs> he might beat Hamzat because he's just good, and nobody wants that. All right. Um, next question. That's more of a comment. What do you guys think about this? Grasso versus Wood will be fight yeah. of the night. It could be. I think I'm it's gonna be an awesome up. fight. I don't I'm think this should be up. co-main event, but I do. I'm actually super excited for this fight because uh, Gross has been out for a while. And but um, you just, mm. what do you guys think? Just got just a fight. Is, well, I think this is like maybe my the fight I'm the least interested in. in oh, ooh, really? I have a very strong suspicion uh, that Joanne Wood is shot, and we just don't know it, and we're about to find out. Um, I think there's really for Grasso. I I mean, I think it's either way. I think it's a showcase fight for Grasso. Like I think she is going to win. I think that there's a very strong chance he gets her first, like Grasso gets her first stoppage in however long, 10 years or whatever it's been like Wood got like an obvious Talia Santos is Talia Santos, but like she looked very, very comfortable in fighting (laughs) Joanne Wood. And I don't like what that pretend like Woods 35, maybe 36. She's older. 
Um, she's been fighting for a really long time. And like, like she's obviously she's done. She is, she should have fought for a title injury to Shevchenko happened. I think we all believe how that fight would have gone, but like, but she earned what is shot, her yeah. last yeah. good? She earned her shot. Yeah. But what is, what is her last like really good performance? Like, I mean, I guess Jessica, I, yeah, that was like, a good performance. That fight doesn't stand out as like, that I mean, fight honestly, does not stand out to honestly, me as the, the, Mur- the Murphy given fight the one I was on. The fight that she, that a lot of people thought she won. I that mean, was a good fight, yeah. Maybe. I don't remember but, that fight that well. Yeah. That was a good one. Like, I just, fight. yeah, but like the the uh, the Andrea Lee fight, uh, like I just, I think there's a real chance that she's done. And so this fight is on paper is more interesting than it's actually going to be in the cage. Mm-hmm. But it looks like the, to me, this the placement of this fight though means that the UFC's got a lot of um, promotional uh, trust in Grasso. They're really. I think yeah. that that's probably true. Yeah, and that's why I think that's why I think as Yad Winder suggests here, it could be the fight of night. Almost be, like if it's if it's between this and like a you know a Chris Gutierrez, Dana Bakary, or Nikola Dvorak, and this is the, and this is like a good like a a decent to not to say is a good to great fight i think they'll give the uh, they'll give will give the fight of the night to grasso and wood not to the undercard does, guys does DraftKings not do fight of the night odds dang that's lame they should they really should i would be pounding dvorak <laughs> nicolau i think that fight's gonna be a heater it's gonna be i mean it's gonna be a fun fight like if it just depends like if joanne wood is going in there like i just have to win then it might not be the fight of the night because she'll just she would probably just be better off taking Grasso down and not standing with her. Uh, but Joanne Wood's not really that kind of fighter. Joanne's like, let's just get in there and scrap, bro. And Grasso can get into it. And that'll be a fun one if if that's the game plan. Wood goes if Wood just has that effort mentality, then it will be a fun fight. But if Wood has that, I don't care how I do it, I have to win mentality, then it might not be all that exciting. Check the MMAfighting.com. Great website. Gambling preview that's going to drop in, I think, two minutes. Uh, I'm long shot of the week is is in that fight. Right. We're running it back. We succeeded with Meatball Molly in our first TKO. We're doing it again. Oh, man. Uh, D. Tedeschi won. Why are we not hearing much or anything about how Matt Brown could equal most knockouts in UFC history with another one tomorrow? That's That's a very big deal. It's a very big deal. This fight's got to be super fun. Super fun. Matt Brown fighting think, at home. He's going to get that nice reaction. It's going to be a good moment. And Barbara is just tough so, as hell, man. There's so, this is like, I think the theme of most of these questions is why aren't people talking about this? Why aren't people talking about this card? Yeah. <laughs> guys, listen, direct your questions to the UFC. No, you're right. This is a, look, Magni tying GSP for wins should be a big storyline. Matt Brown possibly in the most, uh, tying uh, Derek Lewis, most knockouts in UFC history should be, uh, UFC history should be a big storyline. Askar Askarov and, and uh, Kaikar France possibly becoming number one contenders is a big storyline. Uh, th- there's uh, really, uh, again, Curtis Blades <laughs> in another world would be much better positioned as a star, but we know why he isn't. This is the definition of a card that has has again all the right fighters on it, but just you know that doesn't necessarily make for when you put it all together a compelling all time memorable show. Well, now we'll see differently. Of course, Sunday morning we have completely different thoughts about it. But on paper, yeah, there's a lot of stuff people aren't talking about, and it sucks. Dvorak and Nikolaev, they're both they're both top ten in the UFC, they're top fifteen and I may find global rankings. Second fight of the night. People are, the, the the nationwide arena isn't even going to be full when those two guys fight. So this is the card of why are people not talking about this? You can again say that about a dozen different things that are happening on Saturday. To be fair, the nationwide arena might not be full by the time Joanne Wood and Alexa Gross are fighting. Like I don't, I don't know how. I have no idea what the fans are going to be like. It's their first time no, there in two years. They're fighting after Matt Brown, so yeah, yeah, Matt Brown will bring people in. Sure, that's going to be the people's main event. I am also, I think two years hasn't it been way longer than two years. Oh, sorry. I think they were supposed. My, my bad. They were supposed to go there. Yeah. In, uh, in twenty twenty. Sorry. It was yeah, one of the first canceled cards, right? It was. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, postponed till now. <laughs> You're right. It was not canceled. No, it was not. That's right. That's right. That's right. Just, just postponed. Just postponed. Yeah, I'm London, really surprised that as far as just like there's for the UFC for the first I guess domestic fight night to leave the apex. There isn't more of a. I don't know, something, but oh well, whatever. It's, it just it comes between two events that they cared about. 
Yeah, there you go. Like, <laughs> UFC London was obviously always going to be a huge thing, and 273 is sucking up all the energy in the room. That this is just the middle child, and that's where it's going to be. Uh, yes, my bad. September 2016, Quicken Loans. Quicken Loans is not the same thing as Nationwide, so, is it? There's a different so five arena, and right? a half. No idea. Over, yeah, so five and a half years. I, I assume that. it's I'm not, not sure the same. Corporate sponsorship works. I know that's what I. Well, I'll check right now. No, oh no, no. Uh, that that became the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So this is different. <laughs> the last time I was in Columbus was um, uh, was Ronda versus Misha, Strike Force. Damn, <laughs> first one. That was it. Uh, I think we're good on questions. Anything else? Uh, wait, All right. on with it. Wait, 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 there are a couple. Wait, just a couple of little fun ones. Are they right now? MMAfighting.com, right now. They're happening right now. So don't watch, don't switch channels. Just here, just wait for the clips later. Um, all right, let's, well, free it. Let's do this. Let's get out of here. Free it. All right, go to MMAfighting.com and watch the face-offs right now. Best website in the world. That's right. Jed's gambling preview just dropped, so check that out after the ceremonial weigh-ins. So just, if you stay on MMAfighting.com for the next, like, five hours... You're good to go. You can just stay on it overnight, and then AK's predictions are going to drop, and it's just it's just one championship, one championship, one championship. One X is going down too. Yeah, one X is going down. Yeah, come back periodically. Give us those clicks, those sweet juicy clicks. (laughs) No, no. How long they stay on the site is another metric, Jed. They got all kinds of metrics now. I'm telling you. No, no, no. I'm in it. I'm in it purely for the clicks. Oh, just the individual clicks. I am the clickbait media, AK. Is that you? All right. We'll be back, what, 3.30 Eastern tomorrow for the People's Pre-Fight Show, so join us for that. But in the meantime, for Casey, the champion of the universe, AK, Jed Bashir. 30.24. <laughs> Go watch Ceremony of Wades right now, mafighting.com. Good night, everybody. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.